Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dayo Ademo. Praise God. This month, prophetically for us as children of the Most High, is a month of divine growth. Divine growth. It is the will of God, absolute will of God, for us to grow. God wants us to grow. Not just to grow, but to grow in every area of our lives. One of the focuses we are going to be emphasizing on is growth in our spiritual walk. We ought to grow in our family life. We ought to grow as men. We ought to grow as women. We ought to grow in our career, in our businesses, in our finances. We must move from one degree to another. If you look at God, his nature, his style has always been for people to move from one degree of manifestation or one degree of glory to another degree of glory. God is not a stagnant God. He doesn't want you to remain on the same spot. Your Christian life, your Christian commitment, your Christian attitude, your Christian gratitude, everything about your life should not be stagnant. It should not be the same as it was last year, this year. God is not pleased with such. He said the path of the just in Proverbs 4.18 is like a shining light that shines how brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. God wants you to move. He wants you to advance. He wants you to make progress. And in this month, particularly in our divine growth month, he wants us to grow spiritually. And we had started a series last week, which is laying emphasis on our spiritual growth. One of the things we need to do to grow spiritually is to be godly. And we had a topic last week. We started it saying, godliness is profitable. Come on, tell your neighbor, godliness is profitable. You can win by righteousness. It's not a popular message, but it's a message we should encourage ourselves as we see the day approaching. You can win by righteousness, by being godly, by standing on God's side, applying God's principle, doing God's things, God's way, you will win at the end of the day. It doesn't matter how many popular opinions are saying this is a better way, God's way is always the best way. Godliness is profitable. Can I hear you shout it one more time? Godliness is, is profitable. And you must know that. You must leave that by revelation. This is one of the areas God wants you to grow. He wants you to become more godly. Praise God. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7, 8, and 15, which was our text scripture, I'll read. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7, 8, and then 15. If you got it, say, I got it. Okay, I'll wait for you. All right. First Timothy 4, 7, 8, and 15. But refuse, profess, and old wise fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. You see, I want you to take note what he's instructing us to do. We need to exercise ourselves unto godliness. In other words, we need to train ourselves in godliness. Nobody is born with it. You train yourself to it. It's, and you see, use the word exercise because it's like 
you exercise yourself in godliness. It's a good thing. It's a good attribute. It's what we need to practice from time to time if we are going to grow spiritually. We need to be godly. Praise God. He said, exercise yourself to godliness. Don't get involved in profane and old white fables. Don't get involved with principles that is baseless when it comes to the kingdom of God. But give yourself rather to godliness. For bodily exercise profited little, but godliness, listen to this, is profitable unto all things. In every area of your life, when you exercise godly nature, godly character, when you exercise yourself in the field of godliness, it will profit you in every phase of your life. In raising up your children, in living as a good husband or as a good wife, in living in the community as a representative of Jesus Christ, in your business, in your finances, in your health, in your wealth, in your posterity, in your prosperity, in every area of your life, the life of God will be reflected if you exercise yourself. He says, having the promise of life that now is and that which is to come. That is, it's not only going to profit you in this life, it will, promise, it will profit you also in the life that is to come. Praise God. Verse 15, it says, meditate upon these things, give yourself wholly to them, that your profiting may appear to all. That is, you, if you keep on doing this thing, you will get to a level. The results of your life cannot be hidden anymore. It will be so plain, it will be so clear that there is something you are doing that others haven't grabbed off. Second Peter chapter 1 verses 3 and 4 says also that according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Did you see that? Everything that pertain unto this life to live godly, God has given it to us. So we have no excuse. God has given us what it takes for us to live godly lives. We don't have excuse. He has packaged us the moment we gave our lives to Jesus to begin to live a godly life. And it is profitable. Perhaps why many people don't live the godly life is because they feel it's not profitable. It doesn't make profit. It is profitable. Hallelujah. Godliness is profitable unto all things we just read. Having the promise of life that now is in this present world, in this present evil world, godliness will still promote you. Hallelujah. Godliness is profitable. I want you to say it one more time. Godliness is profitable. Say it like you mean it. Godliness is profitable we are to train ourselves to be godly like I said put simply this way what is godliness is living a fruitful obedient Christian life it's one of the seven qualities that we are instructed to add to our faith after giving our lives to Christ second Peter chapter 1 verses 5 to 7 he said add to your faith virtue after virtue godliness we are to add it. 
It's not automatic. It's there. The potential is there, but you must exercise yourself in it. Praise God. The Bible even says if you fulfill those seven promises or those seven things, qualities, he said you will never fail. He said you will never fall. Godliness is one of them. You don't want to fail in life. You don't want to fall in life. This is one of the things you must embrace. This is one of the things you must take as a partner. Amen. And you will make it in Jesus' name. Quickly this morning, like I said last week, there are four things I know godliness ensures. Number one is protection. Number two is promotion. Number three is prosperity or success. And number four is opportunity. Now we're going to start with the first one, which is protection. When you live a godly life or you choose to live a godly life, you'll be divinely protected. Now, godliness is more of faith in what Jesus has accomplished on the cross of Calvary for us. It's having faith. It's anchoring my belief system on what he has done. Not what I can do or what I will do, but on what he has done. When I do that, I allow his own grace to flow in my life to be godly. Praise God. The first place I want to start by talking about protection is if you have something of value, the first thing you do is you protect it. In the natural, when you have anything of value, you protect it. And you must know that you are very valuable to God. And that's why God will protect you. If you know the godliness relationship you have with God, <laughs> you know he's got your back. Hello? He will protect you because you are a creation of value. Can I hear you say that to yourself? I am a creation of value. You're a creation of value. You are not ordinary. You are special. Why? The value of anything is based on the price somebody is willing to pay for it. Praise God. That's the actual value of anything. When people, for example, properties, when the property is going to be valued, what they do is that they, they kind of take a survey. What are people in this vicinity willing to pay for this? And that's how you know the value. Praise God. Now, for you, the most precious thing to God, Jesus Christ, the only begotten of the Father, was sacrificed that you can become a son to. Praise God. Now, now that, that puts a value on you. Say it one more time, I'm a creation of value. Look, God respects the value system. There was once a king in Israel who was careless. He opened the treasury of God's house to strangers. God did not spare him. He was careless with the treasury of God's house. God did not spare him. So the same God who did not spare a king who was careless with treasury, do you think he will be careless with your life? No. He said it in his word in Psalm 134. He said in Psalm 134 verse, 135 verse 4, he said Israel is my peculiar treasure. 
You have become the Israel of God by faith. So you are a peculiar treasure to God. The God that didn't spare a king for being careless about how he kept the treasure. How will he be careless about you? You are important to him. You are a creation of value. That's why he won't expose you to danger. Are you listening to me today? But that is if you choose to be what he has made you to be godly. Praise God. That condition is fulfilled in your godliness, in your godly nature. Praise God. Because you are a creation of value, because of what Jesus has done to have made your life valuable, God will not expose you to danger. He will always protect you. Thank you, Jesus. Look at the woman with the issue of blood. In Luke chapter 8, from verses 46 to 48, we see the story of the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible makes us to understand that she had suffered for 12 years. She had suffered hemorrhage. The account shows that Jesus said, somebody touched me. But the fact is that this woman was a nobody until she touched Jesus. According to the book of Leviticus, that woman is at the same level as a leper. When a leper is coming in the Bible days, he has to shout, unclean, unclean, to tell and warn people around that I'm not worthy, don't come near me, I'm not worthy, don't come near me. Because she was having an hemorrhage at that time. And according to the Jewish custom, you are not permitted even to go out of your house when that is happening because you are regarded as being unclean. I can't go over that. That will take my time today. But you can look at the book of Leviticus to see that. Amen? Praise God. Now, what I'm trying to tell you is this. She was a nobody. But she came out there but the first statement Jesus made was that somebody touched me. From a nobody, she became a somebody. She became of value. One of the things she said, she said, daughter, thy faith has made you old. Who is she to be called the daughter of the Most High? You know, before Jesus came, the Jewish only saw themselves as slaves of God. They never saw themselves as sons and daughters. But if you watch the style of Jesus, he said, daughter, your faith has made you know. Why? She was elevated. I see God give you a revelation of who you are and how valuable you are in his sight. Praise God. I said, praise God. Jesus said, somebody has touched me. Transformed the woman from being nobody to a somebody. I want you to know you are somebody too. I said you are somebody too. You are somebody because you are a child of God. You are a joint heir with Jesus. You are an equal heir with Jesus. You are in the family of God. Can I hear an amen? amen. We are precious in his sight. He emphasized again for us to know what manner of person we are in Ephesians chapter 5. In Ephesians chapter 5 verses 25 28 to 30, 25, 28 to 30, there's a little story. Paul said, 
men were to nourish and cherish their wives. That was where he was saying, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and so on and so forth. Then he said, this is a great mystery. When he was talking about husbands to love their wives, he said it's a great mystery. Why was he a great? He said, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. That Christ loves his bride. Christ loves his church. Oh, you are a creation of values. Say it one more time. I'm a creation of value. You see, God loves you so much. This is it's being demonstrated again here that Christ loves his church. He loves you. He loves you. It's a mystery. He loves you. But this is what I want you to see. As a member of the body of Christ, you are valuable to Jesus. He has promised to protect you as you serve him in this life. Godliness guarantees protection. Godliness is profitable unto all things. Psalm 91 breaks it down. He says he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. You see, that's, that's godliness, to dwell in the secret place. It takes godliness to make you do that. Godliness simply is to be godlike, to do the things God expects you to do. He says, he says, he says he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall do what? shall abide under the shadow. Do you see that? There's a covering that follows that act of obedience. You will, you, will, you, will, you will abide under the shadow. What does that mean? It means the real thing. When you see a shadow, it means the real thing, the object. The real thing is not far from you, isn't it? It says you will be under the shadow. So if you are under the shadow, it means God is somewhere around you. Isn't it so? Yeah. Yeah. It says you dwell in the secret place though, of a most high. Then you abide under the shadow. And then you will say some things. But look at all the manner of protection that follows that. Can you turn to Psalm 91 for a minute? Look at all the protection you enjoy. Oh, you can win by righteousness. Tell somebody I can win by righteousness. Oh, I am winning by righteousness. I am winning by being godly. Hallelujah. Yes, you will enjoy protection. That's what the word of God says. How many people are really, really ready to enjoy God's protection, especially in the period of this COVID? Hallelujah. Yeah, it's good. How will you do that? By being godly. Godliness is what? It's profitable. It's profitable. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now, look at verse 4. Let's go. Let's start from verse 3. 91 verse 3. Look at the... Surely he shall deliver thee out of the snare of the fowler, and from the noisome pestilence. Number four, verse four. He will, he shall cover thee with his feathers. And under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Verse five. He says, thou shalt not be afraid of the terror at night. Nor the arrow that flieth at noonday. Why? Nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness. Nor the destruction that wasted at noonday. Why? Why shouldn't I be afraid? He says, a thousand shall fall at my right side. Ten thousand at my right hand. But shall not come near me. Why? Only with thine eyes. Would thou see this thing and the reward of the wicked. Whoa. Because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge. The most high thy habitation. Did you see that? Godliness. Verse, five, verse 9 is talking about godliness simply. Because you have made 
a choice. You have taken a decision. You have made a choice. You have taken a decision to live a godly lifestyle. And that's what's going to happen. You are going to be divinely protected. A thousand can now fall at your left, 10,000 at your right. None will come out. Why? Because you have made a godly decision. I speak over your life today. Godly decisions you will make in this season. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You have decided to stay in the secret place. And the secret place experience shall be your portion. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Number two. And the final one this morning. Godliness ensures promotion. When you choose to be godly, you will be promoted. How many people love promotion? I see promotion come your way. It is good to be promoted. Things get better at the level of promotion. I see God promote you in this season. In the name of Jesus. Consider what God did for Joseph. Because Joseph stayed true to God. Yes, he was sold into captivity. Genesis 37, 23 to 28 taught us how he was negotiated into slavery. He, can you imagine your own blood brothers taking money to sell you to total strangers? And they took money. It's not that the transaction was uh, hidden. The transaction was in your very presence. That this is what your life is worth. Praise God. That's one of the things, if Judas made heaven, that's one of the things that, that I was going to go and accuse him of. I mean, 30 pieces of silver. He hold Lord Jesus Christ. Huh? He was negotiating, he didn't even negotiate well. <laughs> oh my God. Praise God. May God have mercy. I said may God have mercy. Godliness ensures promotion. Yes, he was sold to captivity. Yes, he was put into prison. In Genesis 39 verse 20, he was put into prison. Still, God blessed him in Egypt. Why? Some people choose to be ungodly because of what they have passed through. Do you know that? You know some people have passed through things, and because of what they have passed through, they have changed. Somebody stabbed you in the back, and so what? Are you the first person to be stabbed at the back? Get some steel in your back and stand straight. Praise God. Because somebody stabbed you in the back and since then, oh, you don't trust anybody. You can't walk with anybody anymore. They stabbed you at the back. It's been over seven years. Get over it. Tell your neighbor, get over it. But that's not the end of life because somebody stabbed you in the back. Somebody said something about you and since then, you don't want to talk to anybody anymore. Really? They said something about you. Look, the most perfect man in the whole world can't be no other person but Jesus Christ. Flashing news, listen to this. They talked about him before he came. When he was alive, they still talked about him. After he left, they are still talking about him. So what is the thing they are talking about you that is strange? Come on, tell your neighbor, grow up, grow up. <laughs> it's time to grow Stop being petty on all these things that are happening around you. Amen? That is life. It is normal. In fact, if nobody is backbiting you, that means there's something wrong with you. You are the last person at the back. You know? 
You know, you know, if you are walking this way and people are backbiting you, backbiters are always at the back. They will bite you at the back, all right? So you keep on going, you keep on going. But if nobody's backbiting you, then there's something wrong with you. You are the one at the back. There is nobody at your back. So you are the last. You shall not be the tail. You shall be the head. Increase your speed and move forward so that people can be at the back. Praise God. So it's normal. It's life. That's how life is. So get used to it. Amen? But you have divine protection in God. Are you listening? Your promotion is on the way. In the name of Jesus. Ordinarily a man would become bitter after spending years in prison. But because Joseph was faithful to God, he chose not to be bitter. Are you faithful to God? I'm asking you this morning. Are you faithful to God? God promoted him and made him a prime minister of the greatest nation of the day. Genesis 41, 38 to 41. Did it pay off to be faithful to God? Yes. Did, it, did godliness pay off? Did it pay to say no to his master's wife when she was seducing him? Did it pay, no, did it pay him to say no to all the corruption that would have come his way? Because the Bible says there was a time in his life that the master did not know anything he had. He trusted Joseph with everything. Do you think they want temptation to have kept some for himself then? They would have been. So does it pay to be godly? Of course, yes. It pays to be godly. It pays to live a godly life. Joseph spent many years in prison. Most men would have given up on God by then. If God is truly God, why did he see me go to prison? Why did he, see, why did he allow these things to happen to me? <laughs> Praise God. But I want you to know, one day, surely, payday in God is coming. God is going to reward you for being and staying faithful even in the midst of contrary winds. God is not a man that would lie. He's not the son of man that will repent. Has he said it, will he not do it? Has he spoken, will he not bring it to part? Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, there is a payday in God. God is going to reward you for your faithfulness. Stay faithful. Stay godly. Stay on course all the days of your life. The God you serve will show up for you, even when men least expect. Hallelujah. Paul encouraged the Galatians. He said, do not be weary in well-doing. That means there are going to be times that if you are doing well, you are doing everything right, there's going to be a time a temptation, you're going to be weary. You're going to say, okay, look, I've had enough. I've stayed faithful all this while. What do I have to show for it? All my friends are getting married. I've remained single. What do I have to show for it? And so on and so forth. Praise God. What do I have to show for it? I, I train people. I, 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 I teach them how to do stuff. They are all getting jobs. Only me. I don't have jobs. And I'm the one that trained all of them. You see, things will be happening that way to you. Everybody, you are teaching them how to save money, but it's you always broke. How come? It, it, it looks as if life is not fair to you. Amen? 
You taught people how to drive. Now they know how to drive. They are buying better cars than your car. Your car is only three people driving it. You, the Holy Ghost, and the blood of Jesus. Praise God. But Paul encouraged the Galatians. He said, don't be wary in well-doing. Don't be wary in well-doing. Let's read it. Galatians 6, 7. Put it on the screen for everybody. Because it's, it's one of the challenges of life. You will, be, you will try to be wary. When reality hits you within the eyeball. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that he shall reap. Go on. For he, he, for he that soweth to his flesh shall reap of his flesh corruption. And he that soweth to the spirit shall reap life everlasting. Verse 9, that's where we're going. And let, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We're going to reap. Just stay on course. Delay is not denial. Can I hear your amen? amen? The only way you can make it in your God-given assignment is to refuse to be weary in well-doing. Refuse to be weary, ladies and gentlemen. Godliness is profitable. Well, why is it not profiting you? There is an investment time. There is a yielding time. And after a while, there is the harvest time. Are you listening to me? Praise God. Praise God. So don't be weary in well-doing. Look at your neighbor and encourage your neighbor. Don't be weary. Oh, come on. Look at your neighbor eyeball to eyeball. Don't be weary in well-doing. Through the years, I myself standing before you today, I've had my own fair share. I have every reason in the world to be weary. But I've just simply refused to be weary in well-doing by the grace of God. Because I've learned also, any attack against your godly nature is an attack against your destiny. Again, any attack against your godly nature is an attack against your destiny. So take this advice. Don't be weary. Even when you are feeling weary, bind that spirit of weariness and say, you are not my portion in the land of the living. I'm not permitting you. Neither am I allowing you. One second to stay in my vicinity. I refuse to be weary. You are not of God. You know, weariness tries to steal your harvest. You know where weariness is strong most? When your harvest is round the corner. I speak over your life. You will not be cheated. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. I've known, I've had friends. I know what it means. It's painful. When your harvest is round the corner. I've had friends who had suffered with companies. They, they, have, they, have, they have served the company. They have done all, you can say. But at the last minute, they say, they are tired. They are just going to resign. They are going to, and, and you know, uh, people who don't like you say, go and resign, go and resign. As if they will pay your bills when you resign. They are the people that when you call them, 
They will pick the phone and say, uh-uh, not available. Why? Listen to me. I'm telling you true life stories. People who have, how would you say, people who have labored for other firms. Then the time will come, it's time uh, for harvest round the corner. They say they're tired of the company and they're going to leave the company. Guess what? Nine months after, they sold the company and they would do profit sharing. And some of the same colleagues he left are going to walk away with a million dollars. Now, who is the fool? There was one particular guy I told him. I said, did you hear God? I'm okay with you leaving. But if you did not hear the voice of God, stay where you are. He said, no, I'm tired. I'm tired. His tiredness made him lose $1.1 million. Just nine months down the line. There are people, don't sell this house here. Did you hear God? Don't sell it. Ah, no, no, don't sell it. Don't sell. Immediately they sold it, the price went up. Don't be weary in well-doing. Amen? Don't be weary. Don't be weary. You have served. Wait for your harvest. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Have you been blessed this morning? Aha, aha. Glory be to God. Because our time is fast spent, I wanted to still share one or two things, but it's okay. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So two things we have learned today. Number one, we are creation of value, and because we are creation of value, God will do what? He will protect us. Everybody say protection. And the second one is promotion. He will promote us. Hallelujah. He will promote you. But remain godly. Don't let the promotion be taken out of you or away from you because of you not, of you being weary in well-doing. Don't allow weariness to take your promotion from you. Have you been blessed? Rise up on your feet like a champion this morning. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. and Bible study every Friday at 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.